You know, we live in such turbulent times. And I, it's easy for me sometimes to get frustrated and, and struggle with that, and, and even to the point of wanting to give up. I, I know that Jesus came to establish a new kingdom, but it's hard to understand what it means to live in that kingdom. Well, thank you for joining us for this series on living for the kingdom of God. We hope that it encourages you and equips you to better live in the kingdom of God. You know, we all live for what rules over us. And the reality is that we all live for kingdoms. Some of us live for national kingdoms, the, the country that we live in. Some of us live for political kingdoms. Some of us live for the, the, the work kingdom, where we work or who we work for. Um, a lot of us just work for the kingdom of self. And so as, as we begin this series on living for a different kingdom, I, I, I want to ask you a question. What kingdom are you living for? Jesus taught us in Matthew uh, 6, uh, his famous way to pray. Uh, Our Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debtors as, as we have already forgiven them. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But, but what is God's kingdom? You know, defining the, the kingdom of God is, is not always an easy thing. And I have to begin by just a word of caution that um, oftentimes uh, discussion on the kingdom of God has become divisive. And I want to avoid that today. So to do that, we're going to kind of focus a little bit on what we mean by the kingdom of God. It's interesting that the kingdom of God was, was spoken about by the prophets. Uh, Jesus certainly talked about it all through the Gospels. I think at the time of Jesus, most Jewish people and the rabbis believed that the Messiah would come and usher in a new kingdom, but it would be a political kingdom, one that would uh, get rid of the Roman rule, the occupation in their country. And even today, probably every other year, there's somebody that's predicting uh, the exact day when Jesus will come again and establish his kingdom. And I don't want to get us off on those sidetracks because they easily derail, I think, the whole point of what it means for us to live in the kingdom of God. To do that, I think we also though, first have to talk about the, the timing and the type of kingdom that Jesus is referring to. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus says to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for this is the purpose that I was sent for. Jesus knew why he was here on earth, to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. And it wasn't just to one, but it was to the many through the people. And then later in chapter 18, he says, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. It's interesting in the, in the New Testament, probably uh, the kingdom of God is referenced over 80 times. And Matthew just uses a similar term, the kingdom of heaven, over 32 times. So over 100 times in the New Testament alone, we're hearing about the kingdom of God. So to understand what the type of kingdom we're talking about. We really are, what we mean to say is what kind of kingdom is Jesus talking about? You know, often I think when you and I think of kingdom, we think of the, the domain or the, the realm of the kingdom. And there are kingdoms that exist throughout the world today. Uh, you can think of uh, the United Kingdom of Great Britain, uh, where Queen Elizabeth is still the monarch. Um, you can think of Denmark and, and Norway, Japan. 
It's interesting. There's still 44 kingdoms uh, operating throughout the world today that all have a monarch associated with them. We might think of biblical kingdoms like the Kingdom of Israel, the United Kingdom of Israel under King Saul and King David. In 1 Kings 2.11, it says, The time that David reigned over Israel was 40 years. He reigned seven years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. What you see there is that when we're talking about the kingdom of, of Israel at the time, it was a geographical, physical place. And there was a time associated with it and a king associated with it. Then later, after Solomon's death, the, the kingdom was divided. You know, there's, there's certainly this reality of a physical kingdom that's talked about in Scripture. And especially when we think of the future kingdom of Christ, the future kingdom of God in the eschatological sense, there is a physical place to it. But I think for Jesus, when he speaks about the kingdom, he's most often speaking about the, the reign or the rule of God in a person's life rather than a, a, a geographic realm to it. So what's that, that mean really for you and for I? It means that if we're gonna understand what it means to live in the kingdom, we have to understand that our focus is on the reign of Christ in our lives, the reign of God in our lives. And that really leads me to the second point of that. Um, We've kind of decided, figured out what the type is. Now, what about the timing of the kingdom? Where, when did it come or when will it come? In Luke chapter 17, we read this. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways it can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. What's that mean that the kingdom of God is in your midst? Well, if we understand the kingdom of God to be the reign of God, then we can understand that the kingdom of God has already dawned with the coming of Christ. Jesus came, God incarnate. He walked amongst us with the disciples. He taught because Jesus was God incarnate. He could boldly proclaim that the kingdom of God was amongst us. While the kingdom of God has already dawned in the coming of Christ, uh, we might think that it is not yet fully uh, realized here on earth. It is a kingdom that has come, but is not yet fully there. So the kingdom of God is both this here and now sense to it, that we experience salvation through Christ, the blessing of that relationship with him and God's rule in our lives. And it also has the yet, not yet fully realized sense of it in the, in the future kingdom of God when we will live in eternity and we will live under his domain, the physical reality of that kingdom as well. The time is coming when the, the kingdom of God is, is, is coming together and we'll see it fully. So I believe that the kingdom of God that's described in the New Testament that Jesus is referring about is really the rule of God or the rule of Christ in our hearts and minds. It's here and yet not fully. So you might be asking yourself, okay, I understand that the kingdom of God is the rule of Christ in my life and, um, and it's both here and now, but, but what does that mean for us in terms of how do we live in the kingdom of God? I think that the, the kingdom of God really means that uh, we live in a right relationship with God that leads us to uh, live fruitfully and faithfully dependent upon God, obedient upon God, 
and with love in Jesus Christ. So living in the kingdom of God means that when we repent of our sin and we receive Jesus into our lives by faith, that we live in a right relationship with God. That relationship with God is restored to what it was rightly meant to be. Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 1, He, the Father, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transformed us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. God's kingdom in us begins when we repent of our sins and when we accept him by faith, and he transforms us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved Son. And that's where we find redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Did you notice that the, the kingdom of God belongs to his son? It belongs to Jesus Christ when we enter into that relationship through him. As John says, to everyone who has believed in him and has received him, to them he gives the power to become children of God. The kingdom of God in us begins when we are restored into that right relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ and we become children of God, children of the kingdom. Jesus is our king and we are children of his kingdom. And this changes everything. Knowing Jesus changes everything. It changes our complete identity that we no longer belong to the old, to the past, but now we belong to the new, to the kingdom. We are God's children. We are literally transformed from an evil kingdom into God's righteous kingdom, from darkness to light, from orphans to being adopted children of the King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Living in the kingdom of God also means that we lead a fruitful life by humbly living dependently upon God. We're dependent on him for everything. We realize that apart from God, we can do nothing. However, but when we abide in Christ, then he bears fruit through us. We have to realize we are not self-sufficient in any way. We have to depend on him to give us nurture, just like the, the brine and the branch. We need God's forgiveness. We need God's grace. We need God's wisdom. We need God's provision. We need God's fellowship and presence in our lives. We need God in every aspect of our life. I think of that image of a, of a, a young child just clinging to their father knowing that next to him, they are secure, they have what they need, and they won't let him go for anything. When we are part of that kingdom of God, to live as part of that kingdom of God, we realize that we are dependent upon God for all things. But dependency upon God is a great thing because God is fully trustworthy and fully faithful. Living in the kingdom of God also means that we um, live in faithful obedience to Jesus Christ. We recognize that, that really God is that supreme authority in every aspect of our lives. We can't serve two masters. We can't serve other things, other people. We can only serve one master, one king, and that is Jesus. So living in faithful obedience means that we accept his truth. We obey his commands no matter what we find in the world, no matter what the world promotes to be true or believes or disbelieves. We follow the king, we believe in the king, we accept the king's rule in our life. When we choose to live our lives in obedience to Jesus, we experience his presence also in our lives and we're characterized by grace 
truth, hope, healing, wholeness, love, and grace. Lastly, living in the kingdom of God means that as we live in God's kingdom, we experience and enjoy a daily relationship that is characterized by love. Love that the Father has for us, love that the Father has for the Son, love that flows into our lives, into our homes, into our communities. The kingdom of God is really a kingdom that is characterized by love. Think of that difference between the things that we see around us today, the other aspects or the other kingdoms in our world today, and the kingdom of God being characterized by love. And Jesus certainly set the example for that, that while we were yet sinners, he went to the cross in our place. He was tortured, he was beaten, he suffered and died, taking our place. Why? Because he loves us. He set the example for love and he demonstrated that. And we're also told that the kingdom of God is, is really, it's, it's demonstrated, it's expressed, it's, it, in some ways it's proven by the love that we have for one another and that God has for us. So as I kind of conclude and wrap this up, I, I want us to think of a couple questions. What's it mean for you to live in the kingdom of God? What areas of your life have you found it hard to align with or to submit to uh, the kingdom values that God has for us? And, and why do you think that is? So what does it mean for you to live in the kingdom of God? And what are those areas that you struggle aligning with or submitting to the reign of God, to the rule of God in your life? Take some time to reflect on that and to bring those before the Lord. Towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus was teaching his disciples and in Matthew 6, verse 25 to 33, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or drink or wear, what you put on your body. It's not, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. In a world with so many kingdoms, you and I have a choice to make. Which kingdom will I live for? Which kingdom will you live for? As children of the king, we, we live for the kingdom of God. We live for our king. We live for Jesus. We take his authority upon us and we embrace his kingdom values and mission. We long to make his kingdom known so that others too may be part of the kingdom of God. So rejoice and live well as children of the kingdom, children of God.